Hello, and welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm David Ekstrom. On today's episode of the Disease Playbook, we are discussing tar spot. Tar spot can be a serious problem for farmers as it can spread very quickly. To help learn more about the dangers of tar spot, Successful Farming Editor Chelsea Dingerman discussed the topic with agronomist Whitney Munnan. Before we get into the podcast, we'd like to thank our sponsor, FMC. Get uniform disease control with trusted, hardworking Lucento fungicide. Always read and follow all label directions. Get uniform control in your fields with trusted, hardworking Lucento fungicide. Control the toughest diseases with a dual mode of action fungicide that consistently outperforms the competition and field trials. Lucento fungicide from FMC works overtime for lasting control to help improve crop yields. Talk about getting the job done. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com for hardworking control in your fields. Always read and follow all legal directions. And now, back to the podcast. And so can you tell me a little bit about why tar spot is such a concern for farmers? Yeah, Chelsea, I mean, in terms of why tar spot is such a concern for farmers is really because it is such a uh, virulent disease. It spreads very quickly in the air, it aerosolizes and, uh, and moves about the canopy and surrounding areas. And quite frankly, it's just incredibly yield damaging. You know, tar spot was first found in the US in 2015 in five counties in Indiana. And since then, uh, those five counties have been kind of the eye of the hurricane, as it were. Um, it has just seemed to spread very quickly since 2015, uh, marching all the way across the U.S. And as many would be aware, tar spot was found as far as Pennsylvania, all the way down to Georgia, Nebraska, Iowa. Um, and that's incredible that a disease is making that type of movement in the U.S. Uh, just since 2015. So incredibly yield devastating, moving very quickly um, and very virulent in terms of how it takes over plants, uh, specifically uh, hybrids that are not tolerant to the tar spot disease. And what is the yield loss potential for a farmer that doesn't manage this disease or have a backup plan? Well, that that's a it's kind of a loaded question, right, Chelsea? So in terms of, you know, truly what is the yield loss potential? Uh, the I'll give the canned agronomist response and that will be, it depends, right? It depends in terms of your yield loss potential when tar spot infects the canopy of your crop. So if you are getting infection uh, pre-tassel, your yield loss will be exponentially more than a post-tassel or a later in the season infection, right? So uh, we have to manage and balance that. Um, your yield loss potential in a non-tolerant hybrid versus one that is more tolerant, that's gonna look very different. Um, your yield loss potential for somebody who's willing to spray fungicide versus a farmer who is not also very different. So I can tell you after walking in fields, working with growers and trying to get our arms around this disease for several years, what I've experienced in terms of general tar spot infection, assuming, a right at tassel infection, um, and that maybe this hybrid is lower on the tolerance scale. And when no fungicide is applied to help you combat and fight the disease, you can be looking at basically anywhere from a 50 to 100 bushel yield impact associated with primarily tar spot infection, which is just absolutely devastating, you know, for our farmers. I think the important things though that farmers need to understand when it comes to battling tar spot is that you can 
be successful in the battle, <laughs> you know, but that, that starts with planning, right? So the very first bullet in your gun is selecting a tolerant hybrid. You know, a lot of studies, whether that's third party or university researchers, everybody seems to agree that we always have to start with that base foundation. We start with the end in mind, and that is by placing a more tolerant hybrid in the field to help you combat the disease if you are in a heavy tar spot zone or a heavy tar spot area. Um, and this, this is really important because like I said, we know the spores can move in the wind. So this is not just something farmers should be considering if they're going corn on corn and they know they had tar spot last year, but if you were in a hot spot or a hot zone, uh, you should consider planting a more tolerant hybrid at the very beginning of the season. The other bullet in your gun is of course, highly effective fungicides. The fungicides of today that we have are helping us really kick tar spot in the teeth. But what we have to be doing is vigilantly scouting our fields, right? Because tar spot goes from spore to spore. So it's reproducing at a much quicker rate than maybe some other diseases that we have typically found in those relative areas. So, you know, a Northern corn leaf bite, Northern corn leaf blights uh, spore to spore relationship might be 18 to 21 days, right? But tar spot moves quicker than that. Uh, almost 11 days. A lot can happen in the field in 11 days when it comes to tar spots. So scouting your field and then applying fungicide very vigilantly with some of these new industry leading products is really helping farmers be successful. So um, some farmers working in these really hot spot zones for tar spot are incorporating a two pass program. So they're spraying fungicide at a V10 application uh, maybe. And then they're coming back also post tassel to continue to protect that product all the way through its life cycle. Um, because once tar spot gets in that canopy, it moves across that leaf tissue very quickly and it takes our solar panels. And when a plant doesn't have its solar panels, well, the impact um, is pretty great to the corn plant. Gotcha. And so can you walk me a little bit through the life cycle of tar spot? Kind of when does it start popping up in fields and are there conditions that make it worse that farmers should be aware of? Yeah. So in terms of truly what governs tar spot uh, sporulation. Um, you know, we know when it comes to the disease triangle in order for any disease to be present in the field, we have to have three things, right? We have to have a susceptible host. We have to have the environmental conditions that are right for the disease to occur. And then we have to have the physical spore. If we don't complete that full disease triangle, we're not gonna have tar spot in the field. So assuming we have all of those things, really uh, the question you're asking is what are those environmental conditions that seem to make tar spot more prevalent in the field? And to answer that question, there, there's a couple of things that we have to take into account. So uh, leaf wetness is a primary indicator of the potential for tar spot. So um, some people think of about leaf wetness is just wetness associated with a rain event. Well, um, it's not just that. It could be heavy dews, you know, high levels of humidity. Um, I think farmers can all understand, you know, that feeling when you walk out the back door in the morning or you're putting your boots on on the back porch and you see that haze hanging across your field. Well, that's enough leaf moisture <laughs> for, for tar spot to set up, right? So, you know, heavy dews, rain events, just leaf wetness there at the leaf surface is a big indicator for tar spot. We've also been tracking uh, some data, whether that's third party um, uh, individuals and consultants or pathologists associated with universities. 
something else that we've talked a lot about in terms of tar spot formation is also relative humidity. So days above 75% relative humidity out in the field. So that's those dank, wet, nasty, you can feel the water in the air. Um, that's an indicator that tar spot could be on the horizon. Um, another part of it is overall temperature, right? So uh, there are temperatures associated with tar spot and really when we can expect to see it in the field. So those relative temperatures, you know, are anyway, anywhere from 75 to 85 degrees. You know, those are some really nice temperatures for tar spot. If it gets a lot hotter than that, uh, sometimes we don't see the overall sporulation. Um, as we do with other diseases potentially, uh, but tar spot is a tropical disease. You know, it was first found in Mexico, you know, in South America. Uh, so, you know, think about those tropical type conditions. And when you start seeing them in the field, there's a very good chance that uh, tar spot could potentially follow. So uh, temperature, relative humidity, and leaf wetness are those primary indicators that, hey, tar spot could be on the horizon. We will be back after this short break. Get uniform control in your fields with trusted, hardworking Lucento fungicide. Control the toughest diseases with a dual mode of action fungicide that consistently outperforms the competition and field trials. Lucento fungicide from FMC works overtime for lasting control to help improve crop yields. Talk about getting the job done. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com for hardworking control in your fields. Always read and follow all legal directions. And now, back to the podcast. And you touched on the importance of scouting. When should farmers be out in their field and what are they looking for to identify tar spot? Yeah, it's a it's an important conversation, Chelsea. And I would say, you know, we've learned a lot about tar spot over the last couple of years all across the U.S., um, we had some very big tar spot years in certain relative centers of influence. And, you know, I, I think about even 2018 in Illinois, a tremendous amount of tar spot, but we had um, just those right temperature ranges, high relative humidity, a lot of moisture. And we were seeing tar, tar spot set up pre-tassel. You know, we were seeing tar spot infections starting in the field um, at V8 to V11 corn. So, in terms of when do you start scouting? Well, you you want to look at your weather conditions and environmental conditions. If you've had conditions that are, are incredibly dry, like uh, last year um, in much, much of the U.S., we were in a drought. Well, it's not to say tar spot couldn't show up in your fields, but your scouting efforts should really be measured with the environmental conditions that you're seeing in the field. So if we're in a very dry time period, there's a very high likelihood that you wouldn't need to be scouting for tar spot earlier, right? So I think that that's the biggest advice I would have for farmers is measure and marry your scouting with what you're seeing in terms of environmental conditions. So yes, can tar spot form early? Absolutely. Can tar spot also come in late? Absolutely. Um, and I think that that's important for farmers just to understand. So whether that's maybe moving up their fungicide timing if they've only planned to do a VTR1 application and suddenly we're finding tar spot free tassel, well, we're going to have to get aggressive and maybe that's going to mean going earlier with our fungicide. Um, and maybe that's even later. We, we have seen tar spot come in in August um, and a lot of farmers say, well, you know, I'm not going to make another application. I've already made my application. But the reality is, is any fungicide you would have sprayed uh, 
earlier in the season, that residual activity is no longer there. So tar spot's going to run rampant. So there's been a lot of studies even to suggest um, a, a pre-black layer, you know, but the corn still hasn't matured, but it's late in the season. Um, we've seen folks making prophylactic applications of, you know, fungicide because they found tar spot and actually seeing positive results. So it's just understanding the environmental conditions, marrying your scouting with it and not being afraid to act when it comes to um, a fungicide, whether that's earlier or later. I think we just have to be vigilant out there in the field when it comes to tar spot. And is this something that sticks around if you have it one year? Should you be planning in future layers to also uh, take preventative measures? Right, Chelsea. So, you know, in terms of the overall life cycle of tar spot, you know, when when tar spot was originally found in the U.S., many pathologists said, you know, our our so cold winters um, and deep frost and freeze events that we have, you know, in the U.S. Corn Belt is not going to allow this pathogen to overwinter. Well, we were very wrong <laughs> would be the short answer, right? So the life cycle of overall tar spot. So um, if you think about it, you know, from we think about it as the end of the season, but that's actually the beginning of the tar spot cycle for the following year. So all those tar spot lesions that look like you've dripped tar on the leaf and they're bumpy and you can't rub them off with your finger or with water, you know, they're there on the leaf. All of that material desiccates um, on that dry leaf tissue. It goes back into our soil strata. So all those little spores are now in our soil structure. The fungus of tar spot overwinters on that tissue, whether it's the stalk tissue, the leaf tissue, the ear, uh, leaf sheath tissue, anything like that. So it'll overwinter. Then uh, the stromata are released uh, from the uh, iscospores that affect, um, that are infected in the foliage uh, when we get water the following spring, right? So then the spores get fed their water, um, then they start to sporulate, move up from the lower canopy and start infecting the leaf tissue like rungs on a ladder um, in the field that they're in, but they're also um, in the air. So as you know, the wind moves to and fro, it's carrying those spores to neighboring fields, then to neighboring fields. And as such, the eye of the hurricane expands, right? So um, when you have tar spot in your field, it is there for the future. Now, what is what is undeterminable is, is the environmental conditions gonna be right for the spores to continue to affect? And do we have um, a susceptible host, a susceptible hybrid that's in that environment to continue infection, right? And those things are the unknowns. So those are the things that we have the opportunity to impact uh, when it comes to the life cycle. So technically, yes, when tar spot is there, it is there for the foreseeable future. It's just about how we battle it, how we manage it in residue, uh, how we plan to spray for it, and how do we plant, you know, tolerant hybrids to prevent the spread of infection even further. I think that was everything I have. Do you have any last thoughts you think farmers need to know about tar spot? I think what I really want farmers to understand about tar spot is it is a very aggressive disease. It can be significantly yield robbing, but no different than any other disease that we have combated in modern agronomy and modern ag, we can defeat tar spot and we can manage through it. You know, so that's what I want farmers really to understand is it is a multi-pronged approach. You have to be proactive. You cannot be reactive, uh, but we can combat this disease. And you know, from an aggregate perspective, we're really proud that we have 
some very strong genetics and germplasm uh, that are very tolerant to tar spot. Uh, one product that we talk a lot about within the Agrigold lineup is a product called 63616, uh, which is available uh, in a double pro version as well as a Duracade version for this uh, coming selling season. And so I would really encourage farmers to, in that multi-pronged approach, go out and seek uh, sources of knowledge in your local community and make sure you're talking to whatever seed provider you have about tar spot and making sure you're selecting genetics and germplasm uh, to help yourself be successful moving into the next year. This podcast was brought to you by FMC. You can read more about the dangers of tar spot in Successful Farming Magazine and agriculture.com.